Hi there, welcome to the Absolutely Right podcast, India's first graphology-based leadership show. My name is Aditi Surana. I'm a behavioral analyst, a high-performance coach, and anti-anxiety expert. Now, this show is different in so many ways. And one of the things that we get a lot from our guests and our listeners is that instead of interviewing people who come as our guest on the show, we tend to analyze them. And they ask me questions about their personalities and areas of improvements. But while all of this is happening, we do something wonderful. We gather stories. And personally speaking, I love stories. I feel stories can transform. They can alter the way we look at things. And more importantly, a lesson might be forgotten, but a story or someone's real-time experience stays with us and plays on our minds. And actually, when you're making your decision, whether it is leadership-related, your relationship decision, or something that you're making on a personal level, a story or a sentence or a quote comes to you. And this is where the actual learning, you know that you have internalized it. You, you know that it is not something that you talk about publicly or you hear once in a while, but it has become part of who you are. It has created the shift or the change you expected it to do. And that's why I have gathered five of my favorite stories to share with you uh, that stayed with me, that played on my mind. And while making decisions and while thinking and analyzing people, it literally came back to me. And I think you would love it too. So let's get started. When it comes to leadership decisions, when it comes to making a difference to people, sometimes we wonder that what can I do? You know, what one person can do. But that's not true, isn't it? All the great ideas that have created huge reforms in life, in the world, started with one person believing in a thought. Now, this is what I experienced while talking to Nikhil Rastogi, who is business head for Dyson India. And he was talking about one of his organizations where he saw a gap. He saw how women felt uncomfortable coming back to work after being pregnant, after uh, their long breaks or sabbatical. And he decided to do something on an organizational level to solve that problem. The story is so interesting. Even while talking about it right now, I'm getting goosebumps because for a man to look at that perspective and understand not only you know what a woman is going through, but what can he do and what all he can do in his capacity to to make the situation better and to be more solution-oriented. I really like this story. It stayed with me for a very long time. Here is a part from our episode number 149. So you spoke about women returning to job as one of your initiatives. I thought that was inspiring. While talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps because I know so many of our our friends, like female friends, do not feel as comfortable going back home, uh, going back to work after, you know, (laughs) there. No, no, you're not pressurized to say that. (laughs) You do feel uncomfortable going back to work after pregnancy, after getting married, whatever, like a longer break. So what did you do and how did you pull that through? No, I think something really close uh, to my heart. I mean, I'm a father of two girls. So something that I've seen in my own house and my my wife was with me in IIT. So she was my batchmate. So, you know, seeing her go through similar emotions, uh, I think gives me a fairly good understanding of how this worked. Mm-hmm. And also in my stream, I invariably had more than half of my team as women. So, you know, you could come across this situation many times. So this happened uh, without naming that multinational bank. We, we were looking at data and we saw that a lot more women enter the pipe. Mm-hmm. And as the pyramid starts to become mm-hmm. narrow and narrow, our high performance women are starting to fall out. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And uh, at the top, we are really left with six to eight percent, which was not making sense, not looking good, and nobody really believes in it. It's not that uh, we are MCPs. Right. We know it's not correct, uh, but right. we are not doing anything about it. And then we looked at data, and the most significant uh, incident was uh, that you know somebody became a mother, right. and uh, returning mothers or or this entire emotion around women coming back to work was a big one. Right. So it had to be tackled on multiple ways. I think a big part of that was simply coaching the managers who had female team members who were going on maternity leaves not to start to write them off because you know it was very very common in both men and women by the way of course uh, surprisingly unfortunately uh, yeah and unfortunately that you know when she will come now she will have a young one so she she cannot give this much time you know let's not give this this will require 24 by 7 boss don't think about her right so don't have that emotion and uh, you know i think a little bit of coaching there really helped and most of them really understood it as as human beings as well as when they looked at their sisters their mothers their their wives etc uh, or their spouses right uh, the other thing was also to put in some systems in place that if ex employee who's going to become a mother is going for this thing her rating will be locked Mm-hmm. and she will come back on the same assignment so you even if you want wow. to you cannot change it so you are you are locked so you better do a good job in terms of uh, ensuring that the that the experience is correct wow and uh, also the third thing was a large part of the managerial assessment we had mm-hmm. separate manager performance scores were bases the feedback of how the manager has behaved which would be a 360 done by other members of the team right how did you start to behave towards that person who was now going on a maternity leave or coming back uh you know right after delivery so so these were some of the quant and qual things mm-hmm. but the most important thing was really coaching and working with the women and here i used the help of lot of my other high performance uh, you know female friends from you know cmos from other companies business heads wow. ceos all women who've done a great job to come and speak to our teams uh, come and speak to their women about their own journeys and uh, what are the challenges and what are the ways to cope up about it and how do you not feel guilt about leaving your child how should you proactively look for help i mean be a bit scientific about it right i right. mean start to create your safety net etc mm-hmm. and uh, i think it really landed well i mean our metrics showed a lot of improvement uh, and i was particularly happy with it i mean uh, like i said something really close to my heart and uh, i mean i have such women all the time and my personal experience is that if you really give people a good experience when they are leaving everybody is anxious by the way very of very course, anxious especially the high performers right. um, it's your job to give them the comfort that when they are coming back they are welcome and you value the break and this is the best thing job is a very insignificant part of their lives by the way what they are getting is actually something really really big so help them shape the perspective of course um, and these people and these women will come back and they will be your you know many of them actually came back and they were way more mature than i was i mean they they became my mentors i mean just because they had gone through a very transformative experience and they delivered through their skin i mean they were so grateful they were so genuine uh, you know they would put their kids to sleep work till from 10 in the night to 1 i mean my own wife i have seen her getting up at 4 am in the morning because the kid was sleeping right. to finish her work while all of us used to get up at 7 7:30 so that it does not interfere with with the routine of the house so to speak Right. so that's how driven women are i think uh, at least the high performance women that i have come across so absolutely must for everybody 
to take care and be very very sensitive and aware about the suspect we want more feminist men like this in the system who would not only talk about it over in parties and in conversations but truly do something in it you I know agree. make changes yeah. in the system so that you know we can really see where see i'm an outnumbered quality. member right with two daughters <laughs> and a, i mean i'm like i can imagine only can 25% imagine. yeah <laughs> oh so you are protecting a minority we get that <laughs> <laughs> yes in many of the diversity meetings in the past i have the one who attended them because they were always like 90% female only 10% yeah. men so we said we, we understand your pain of course you're like okay we require <laughs> no, no, pain <laughs> always fun what an interesting story of a genuine reform i am still like in awe of nikhil's work and how he he looked at it with so much of empathy having said that every time you look at a problem or you want to come up with an innovative solution it's not accepted you know sometimes it's tough most of the time it is and when you try to go against the current there is this thought that plays at the back of your mind that what if it goes wrong what if i land up making a mistake what if i embarrass myself will it impact my reputation and in that whole process we do not land up working on things that we believe in but what if we start looking at the power of making mistake you heard me right a power of making mistakes imagine instead of running away from this problem what if you hone it you actually find a way your style of making mistakes i learned about this wonderful idea of looking at mistakes or power of mistakes as a skill that you hone from rohit raj who is a co-founder of glitch and chatterbox and rohit as an entrepreneur as a venture capitalist keeps meeting new people and you know being the curious learner that he is he puts it very very nicely so here is a part from his conversation where he talks about why it is important for you to make mistakes and more importantly count on the power of making mistakes you know one one theory i have lived by and i think i've say this every single time mm-hmm. is don't uh, the the power of mistakes which is what that when you asked me to write it innately mm-hmm. just came to me and just quickly wrote that mm-hmm. i called it the power so for me the thing is you know the day you will only be successful the day you decide to let go of the fear of committing a mistake mm-hmm. this word mistake has been has such a negative connotation since school right you've been of told course. oh it's a mistake wrong this <laughs> that what you don't realize is that when you make something new you will end up making mistakes always if you do, if you let go of the fear of making mistakes so what, if you fear a mistake what happens is that you will not attempt something new mm-hmm. you will always look for a way to solve that somebody else has already done right okay then you are not innovating in, anymore so right. with every single startup founder who i work with also i'm like don't don't come back to me and this i mean even a lot of clients tend to ask this question saying that hey is there a reference for this if you show me a reference which means it's been done right so mm-hmm. then yeah it's uh, so you can always learn from somebody else's mistake fair enough but somewhere drop the fear of making a mistake go ahead what's the worst that will happen right and this is the same question that like i remember when we were quitting our jobs to start this and peak of recession everybody said mm-hmm. you're making a mistake i don't mind my parents when i told them this their answer was very clear they like what's the worst that can happen you will fall or you will fly so right. and it's not like and technically it's not a risk right it's not like i had to send money home or so we also came right. from a certain amount of privilege to do that we made that jump so that yes it works so but the, i could take the fear of going wrong so i, I will I say that hey, 
when we were so you know when we were working with a client early on mm. and we were the small little video production team right? <laughs> so they had turned to us and they said they wanted a film to be done for their sales teams etc which is a normal thing for people to do mm. you are also being pit against four other people you have to be something completely different so we sat there and we just made a whole statement saying what if it was in 3d and they were like yeah okay sure and we're like no no we're not talking 3d like that we're talking 3d you know how in those movies you wear glasses and it comes to you they were like can we do that because this was being done in an auditorium can you guys uh, can you guys do that as a question we didn't know how to do it hmm. right so we just said yes <laughs> we're like what is the worst it will not happen right. and we'll give them a regular one yeah. so we just said yes then we went back and we worked on it. we and we made multiple mistakes to do it but yeah. at the end of the day it worked it happened what it did was it blew the client away hey and then suddenly it positioned us as here is a really creative agency which is thinking out of the blue so next brief just brief them don't call the others so we right. got the next few briefs straight up and then we so if i had the fear of saying ki yaar humne kabhi nahi kiya this can go wrong and then we did this and then i would never pitch this so the, we dropping the fear of mistakes uh, the fear of making committing a mistake is very very important so mistakes are good on that that's part. amazing daag acche hote hain exactly see <laughs> you know uh, those knock knock jokes that happen when this when people say knock knock yes uh, my answer is when somebody says knock knock it's definitely not opportunity because oh, opportunity oh, only knocks once ah uh, good one and, good one uh, that's 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 fully true on a lot especially even you're young and starting up mm. remember the the no that you say when somebody is listening can your no is somebody else's opportunity so and i, I mean this, these are these i don't know how much of this gyan you should take it straight up this is things that have happened to me and i'm telling you from that point of view mm-hmm. i knew somebody who uh, was trying to do a film when we were starting off uh, approached somebody who was a friend of ours he was like yeah they wanted in four days i'll just say no to it i'm not too keen he said no but he referred us we got the film we did the film the film went up on a certain stage mm-hmm. uh somebody who was at that stage so roshan happened to be emceeing at that event he saw this and he's like wow these are great looking films who's made this he's connected back to us he becomes our first investor wow so the story wow. i mean the serendipity and this <laughs> can come from uh, so knock when you get an opportunity grab it it's mm-hmm. don't think twice especially in your early stages just grab to- it so there is an opportunity there take that uh, and run with it uh, what i would give as a third piece of gyan is there is no there i mean don't restrict yourself to just the realm of your industry that you're working in the lot of so because we end up don't be a frog in the well technique okay. that's that's why so we end up if say for example if i'm a uh, if my company is in edtech mm. i end up doing the circles in the ed- i read only things around edtech etc i don't read anything else and 
suddenly I'm a frog in the way. I, I call this out about advertising. We are, we are people who watch other ads and mm. we are so engrossed in the industry where we think that everybody is waking up in the morning saying ki mujhe aaj konsa ad dekhna nobody is the audience <laughs> is not waking they want to skip that ad as soon as they can right right so this this entire can and this and that is an attempt to win awards the awards are all in this one small circle of people right. who mm. exist who are all talking to each other and saying this. the actual consumer sitting outside mm. so in my thing is don't restrict yourself just to what your realm is always step out because your your consumer or maybe your your product pivot is somewhere one step out i'll give you an example of a company i was talking to recently this boy has uh, made this super cool uh, ai driven algorithm which basically said that if i went and he was trying to sell it to e-commerce companies right so it was if i'm uh, if if you went to mintra and if you were, were buying a dress that you're wearing right now it would say see how people have paired it as a button right. if you pressed it it would find all the people on the internet who have worn a similar dress and say show you images of that okay. his algorithm basically was able to decipher what your dress was and who else has worn it with a right. picture on the internet and match the two and put that together mm-hmm. great idea right and now he's selling it from ecom company to ecom company to ecom company the magic of that idea actually is for him to step back and say let me see what my consumers are what is happening is that you have an instagram page right. if with the same tech i can make your instagram page shoppable mm. and you make money off it isn't that beneficial more beneficial because now i my consumer base is not the 8 to 10 ecom companies my mm. consumer base is the 5 million creators or 8 million creators that exist wow. so it was important and wow the thing is it's easy for you to fall in that bubble and just work within that b2b spectrum saying okay what else will mintra need let me build from mintra till somebody else who's seeing it from a completely different perspective saying you are not building for mintra you can beat mintra at its own game with this mm-hmm. and now that that person's pivoted mm-hmm. now the company is called shop my look and anybody nice. can go and make their instagram page shoppable then mm-hmm. the ask was if you will become a frog in the well and if you just work within trying to solve find a way to solve the problem i the the yeah, the brief is 3d as i call it right because so you said, and, and because, repeat that i said the brief yeah. the the brief that you get to solve something right the yeah. the problem statement is always three dimensional okay okay so invariably we end up treating it as a 2d image as a flat out problem the, right. actually step back there is a depth wow. to it you might find something so it's very very crucial to look at it from the three dimensional lens because what you are solving and what is there is something else so okay, that's brilliant because that stepping away from the problem and really looking at it objectively objectively is is the toughest one yeah i i love this like the the whole 3d concepts brilliant okay yeah because otherwise you're walking with blinders right you're like okay that's the problem to solve i'm walking around like this but hey open that up that is just one part of the problem the actual problem is way bigger you just step back and you suddenly see that i'm actually solving a bigger problem can i just jump three steps in so that's so these these are three key pieces of advice i always give i think that's amazing more. i think our listeners are going to really look at it and if you are considering starting a business and i don't even think that is important if you are in any part of the career yeah. and you're looking at you know going to the next level faster in the most smooth manner then i think all these lessons are applicable there that yeah was, that, that the amazing. power of mistakes i think applies to everybody just i and, and every walk of life 
every walk of life we keep saying this in you know how you don't go into a conference room for, say you are a brainstorm and people don't want to say something because it's a it might be a bad idea right there is no bad idea there's only ideas good or bad you don't decide it you never know where a bad idea can go varun my co-founder my best friend who thing we who were talking about earlier yeah. he he has this uh, you know that mutual funds are subject to market risk type disclaimer like mai ek ganda idea do is what he started <laughs> he's already set the tone ki ganda idea yeah. which is great which is like so don't judge me yeah. but if you can take that idea and run with it and make it because great you never know so what, where your idea yeah, can exactly so that's where it is This episode with Rohit was fun it was light and filled with bollywood stories now if you know me otherwise if you follow me on instagram you know how much i love bollywood to solve any problem when it comes to life anxiety mental fitness so yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this episode because it had drama action entertainment you know everything that bollywood requires to build the masala Now the other episode that got a lot of uh, feedback great feedback from all of you was my conversation with this amazing legendary player Aparna Popat that one episode i would say is a highly recommended must listen to everyone because she combines sports uh, with your real life experiences and how can a person use a direct mechanism like sports to improve and enhance and one of the stories that almost held all of us on the edge of the chair was where she was hurt just before her record breaking match and she was hurt so badly that she could not use her hand and as you can imagine as a player as a badminton player is such an important aspect of your fitness and you know you got to be really really up there to win the biggest match of your life and this is how she talks about trusting the strength of your mind i i really believe in the strength of the mind mm-hmm. and it was for me i think the ultimate challenge in a way because um it's it's strange how much your mind can really make tell us happen. more about what happened for our listeners to know and have a better context okay so um i started developing this wrist pain um say around 2005 or so and uh, it's it sort of came like a shock initially in my wrist and i didn't pay too much heed to it and it it went away um you know and then i didn't feel it for another 3 months or so and actually even forgot about it and then slowly over a period of time um the pain would sort of come every month mm-hmm. and then uh, it started coming you know every fortnight and then every week and as as it started getting more intense it started staying on uh, for longer periods of time so initially it would just come and go and within like say 10 minutes the pain would be gone then that pain became like an hour and then a day and then towards the end it was like if the pain came in um it it would stay on for a week at least oh my god and um, it would be so painful that it started affecting my day to day activities in the sense uh, i could not drink tea um, you know holding the mug in my right hand i would hold it in my left hand i could not drive my car which means i was sort of dependent on friends to drive me to training and back um when the pain was really bad i could not tie my hair into a ponytail um which means i couldn't wash my hair i couldn't you know then brush my teeth i started brushing my teeth with my left hand um started doing a lot of things that i if i didn't have to do it with my right hand i would just i just switched to my left 
because mm-hmm. I said, let me protect my wrist as much as possible so that I can train as much as possible and continue playing. Um, in this time, uh, we went to a lot of doctors, got the MRIs, got the scans done. Nothing showed up. Um, you know, to to an extent, I think also a few people thought that I was making it up and it was all in my mind and, you know, right. and, and all that. So we, we were trying to fight off, you know, that was disbelievers in, in a way as well. But, um, you know, in, in the end, it was just um, the I had to play my ninth national championship, which was if I had won that, I would set a record equaling that of uh, my mentor, Prakash Padukone. Okay. And uh, before the tournament, I was practicing once a week. Mm-hmm. And when I say once a week, wasn't even practicing fully because I was just playing the softer strokes. And so I would say, at least you keep your legs moving, you know, at least, you know, you just be on court. Right. Um, so I did that and I was going for physio every day. The physio uh, very honestly admitted to me, she said, Aparna, I have no clue how to treat you. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just doing this with all my heart because I really believe, you know, that, you know, you should be out there and you should be playing. And um, I said, you know, ma'am, you just do whatever you have to do. I'm here. Don't worry. And I remember the last session before the tournament started where she clearly told me, she said, can I tell you something? So I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. She said, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to play this tournament fully because it involved playing seven days back to back. Right. And uh, she said, you won't even be able to come to me for physio or whatever. So whatever we've been doing all these days will come to a, a stop. Right. And I just looked at her and I said, you don't worry. Uh, um, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Why I said that, I have no idea. <laughs> but went back and, uh, you know, I think it was just constantly on my mind. You know, this very positive thing that says that, you know, just give it everything you have. Mm. Like if, if it, you know, means, you know, you have to set yourself on fire, just set yourself on fire. That's it. Um, and uh, yeah, come the tournament, uh, the first few rounds I adapted again, you know, in the sense I stopped serving forehand. I started serving backhand because it was less stress on my wrist. Yes. A lot of my opponents thought it was strategy. It wasn't. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> Yeah, I just pretended you know, that, that it was. was. Yeah. yeah, I was fully undercover. <laughs> and uh, um, as it so happened, I didn't, I couldn't play my best. So through the tournament, there were murmurs and there were whispers. And then it was out in the media saying, Aparna is not at her best. Um, we're going to have a new national champion this year after a period of eight years and all that. And I just read all that. And I was just so calm. Oh God, and okay. I said, you know, it, it's okay. And, and it was a time when Saina Nehwal was coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd beaten her in the two nationals before that, but this time she was, you know, sort of this and, and she sort of was quite confident and I was like, you know, don't worry. As long as the pain doesn't come back now, then I'm, I'm fine. I just mm-hmm. have to ensure that that pain doesn't come. And, um, yeah, I had close matches. People said, oh, she's she almost lost and all that. But, um, coming to the finals, there, it was just so many strokes I played with instinct I can't tell you oh my god Um, just instinct uh, hitting shots that I've never hit before um, getting them right you know winning that ninth consecutive national title walking out to a standing ovation um, I'm hearing this This is and and I think it was just destiny because the next morning I woke up with a pain in my wrist no way oh my god God. and i would i would actually through the tournament sleep with a crepe bandage on my hand and put my hand under the pillow so you know 
that inadvertently I don't move it around. And, uh, you know, when the pain came back the next morning, I was like, just so grateful, um, you know, yeah. for what happened. And uh, again, it was more not about that record. It wasn't about, you know, anything it was just about that I did it a very simple sort of message to self, like mm -hmm. note to self, mm -hmm. put your mind to it, you can do it. Inspiring, isn't it? This is episode number 159. Whenever you get some time, if you're going for a walk, if you are driving around, just make sure that you spare that one hour and listen to this one and make notes if possible. That's what I did while recording it after that because she makes the sports uh, concepts and the analogies so simple and you can relate to them and you can implement them in your work life, in your personal relationships, in anything. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. The next person that I want you to listen to is someone who finds adventure in a different light altogether. He is an advertisement guy, uh, Anil Nair, for has been working for more than 20 years. And one of the things that he said and stayed with me, he said, I think a person is a combination of multiple stories. And we lose the whole essence if we take ourselves or people or situations too seriously. So basically... Why so serious? Do you remember the Joker, Batman? Yeah, exactly. But but when you think about that concept, he says every person will be a combination of multiple stories that are true and not true about him. But if you believe only in one of them, and if you do not give that person a complete chance to, to play out fully, you are at loss. Not the person always, but you are at loss because you have missed the chance of seeing the potential of that person or that brand or the story behind the brand. I love how he connects the humanitarian concepts to the capitalist, uh, you know, profit-driven advertisement concepts. But he believes that advertisement is something that has been propelling human race forward over these years. So do listen to this particular part where he says, do not take yourself so seriously. That empathy is a huge, huge, huge trait, uh, which is Put yourself in the other person's shoes and uh, and where that kind of helps is you know behind every client is a human being you know behind every client is nice. uh, uh, somebody who's who's kind of got some challenges that that he or she is trying to kind of solve for herself for a brand for a, for a company uh, behind every brand is a story you know there is a interesting story and if we if you at least try and understand the story, I think, uh, you know, one is able to then fit your solution into that narrative and not just give a very staccato, uh, like an open and shut solution, which may look really, really good, but does not fit into the overall narrative because everything is a stream of consciousness. Uh, and when you look at it that way, then you, you want to kind of merge in with the story rather than try to kind of go in there and solve some problem. Nice. And uh, it's, like many many times and and and, and extremely you know, different situations which is uh, you know whole bunch of time i i meet clients and, and and on the face of it they look like terrorizing or they look <laughs> like they have an agenda or they have uh, you know the agency briefs me that you know these are people you can never get an idea through them and once you scratch beneath the surface and when you look at them as human beings and when you look at them and when you imagine them as fathers and mothers and brothers and you know and when you uh, uh, when you change the the the, the 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 sheer nature of the conversation when you reframe 
the 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 engagement in that sense you know mm. uh, so the the tougher they are the 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 the, the, the more uh, what do you call the co empathetic ones immediately reach out and you you kind of vibe and you connect and you create that certain but there are ones you know i i just believe they have these walls or barriers between them and and when i reframe that relationship and maybe in such meetings i don't even go and discuss work at first go you know i try and kind of change the tack of approaching them and maybe talk about their dog or their you know try and try and <laughs> try and create some kind of uh, you know a rapport. different way a, a different kind of a rapport and it always helps because the moment you you break those walls down and those people let you in you 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 suddenly discover empathy and they empathize with you and you empathize with them and the relationship then is very very different you know most of us are stories you know in the sense oh like wow. aditi is is wow a certain kind and then you already hear have heard that story and you know maybe that's not the story there's another story and there are not just one there are there are hundreds of stories depending upon how that person how how it's like uh, depending on the point of view on to you you know so okay. if i ask your family would be a different story your colleagues would be a different story and 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 maybe some it's not physically possible to read all the stories but at least knowing some few other stories can change your perception either of a person or a problem or a brand or a situation or, or whatever it is or you can look at their handwriting and know the true story totally and so, <laughs> so that's that's the superpower that uh, you have and, and uh, saves you a lot of time of oh not my god to and how story yeah <laughs> i also believe advertising plays uh, has played a very very important role in the evolution of society it is almost like the in a world when there was no tv or there were lesser channels and stuff like that it's always been at the at the forefront of human evolution as in terms of consumption in terms of uh, capturing trends in terms of communicating some of those trends it sometimes following culture sometimes setting culture uh and and at the end of the day uh, you know all goods in that sense is to better the human condition you know it's for us to it's it's part of evolution a phone a soap you know a refrigerator a television you know uh, i was uh, when i was growing up there was no refrigerators people found their own ways of 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 refrigerating or they cook from day to day today we oh, yeah, can kind yeah. of buy stuff and and then and advertising has played a role in 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 kind of making life uh, easier in that sense making life easier uh, you know almost walking shoulder to shoulder with humanity as we've kind of gone through this amazing uh, path of evolution and and i can't think of a world without advertising it would be really boring after 25 years of being in this career if you have to pick up a few life lessons that you think advertising has taught you what would they be and why uh interesting one uh after being in this profession and and the fact that uh, you know it's it's been a bunch of amazingly strange people who have joined advertising it's only been recent that you have a lot of these mbas and people like that joining but i've had dentists i've had really uh, you know yeah you had all kinds of people the misfits of the world joined advertising at some point of time right and which made this a really really interesting player you know place in terms of uh, the sheer experiences and the thought processes you know that that kind of got uh, into the pot but one thing advertising is kind of taught me is uh, you know uh, not to take oneself too seriously in the sense and that's the sheer nature of the business it's like if you ask charlie chaplin this question or if you ask somebody you know 
the or Disney this question. The fact that he made uh, so he made many animation movies. animation films and amusement parks. I don't think. I'm sure. I'm sure he took his business seriously, but he didn't take the purpose of life very seriously in advertising because we are flitting from project to project to project, and someday you know you're selling uh, baby soap, while on the other day you're selling <laughs> cattle feed. You know, the, uh, one thing it taught me is not to take myself too seriously, and the fact that you know uh, life is transient. The second lesson, again, it's connected to the first lesson, which is don't forget your inner child. because i just believe that uh, most of us get into this little adulting mode and then you know we get so serious about this adulting mode that we tend to forget that at the core of it at the origin of it there is a child okay and there is a child inside each one of us and it's a child that kind of allows you to play uh, mm-hmm. allows you to question allows you to be curious and i i marvel at you know when i go see my cousins and my nephews and you know new newly born and i look at them and then i look at us and i feel like uh, you know i i feel mm-hmm. there is a sense of freedom there is a sense of there is a sense of almost you know that uh, uh, curiosity and passion and and then the pleasure of discovery and we are the same them you know we we mm-hmm. were that we were that and and yes there are there are a lot of adult things to do which is important but at the same time i believe once in a while like meditation and going and being in touch with your inner child i think really helps Because, so what you uh, so what you're saying is not let adulting spoil you completely scar you in ways. Not just adulting. My point is those are all little signals that you're sending to your brain, and I just believe that you know we are amazing when we are born, and then we start degenerating, and and then at some point you know it's it's we who are doing it to ourselves. If you if you play, if you if you do mad things, if you laugh a bit, if you if you if you play the fool uh, and if you do those <laughs> things i think you can break the, the the degenerative process a bit and my fifth lesson the last lesson comes from our youngest high performer on the show harshwardhan joshi who managed to climb the mount everest at mere age of 25 after battling covid and two life threatening cyclones while he was climbing and his journey was absolutely difficult and interestingly he's scared of heights you know and sometimes you wonder like why would somebody pick up that task that objective which is absolutely against their grind why would they choose something which makes their life more difficult but according to harshwardhan this is where he says dar ke aage jeet hai like there is victory beyond your fear anything that you are scared of anything that you hold to your chest and you do not let go because you wonder what's going to happen and how it's going to work out and what are the repercussions and what are the consequences and how will you recover now those thoughts actually take control they take precedence in anything and everything that, that you do in your life and if that's what is happening if that is getting to you if you're not making the decisions as a leader as an aspiring leader the way you would like to only and only because of the fear that keeps playing on your mind then please listen to this young boy and how he speaks about going beyond his fear was the key for him to conquer what he did this is our episode 169 on the absolutely right podcast so do listen to it if you are anywhere close to interested in adventure sports then this one will really really inspire you mountaineering is an adventurous sport on the risky side but i don't think it's so scary because i am i'm a very safe player i'm i'm not at all a brave guy or anything i'm scared of heights if 
if if people would believe me but i'm actually scared no. of heights you guys will soon see it in a very big tv commercial because one brand is actually using that story and i actually don't even enjoy the view from mountain tops because i cannot look down it it gives me anxiety okay. uh, but that doesn't stop me from going anywhere i just go out there more more consciously uh, with better safety with better protection is it by any chance dar ke aage jeet hai nahi nahi lekin waisa hi waisa hi kuch waisa hi kuch fmcg campaign kafi similar aane wala hai okay okay also the investment 70000 dollars is a big amount uh, not only for us indians from a developing nation but even for westerners from developed nations it's it's a big amount so and i come from a very simple humble uh, middle class family in india so it was very difficult uh, to fundraise that mm. but yeah somehow it worked out so tell us uh, how I, did you how did you manage to do it there's a beautiful story there especially for people who think that i wish to achieve my goals or live my dream but you know i have this problem or that problem so all of us who have given excuses to our dreams and haven't acted upon it i think the story is really really important yes i think it's a part of the journey so if anyone says that hey i can climb everest i am ready but there's nobody to support me then that's to be very honest a very loser attitude because you have to work towards it you have to prove yourself you have to go out there and get that opportunity and people will say no people will ignore life will be hard every single day but you have a choice to keep knocking on doors until one of them opens up for you so i also didn't have any strategy in mind and the reason i kept it like i i decided to climb everest for sure in 2016 when i did my basic mountaineering course one of the first milestones on my journey mm-hmm. and then i could have climbed it in 2017 18 but i was like i want to enjoy the journey prepare better and i also don't want that financial stress over my head that oh my god 50 lakhs 60 lakhs and stuff like that so i decided to do it in 2020 so in 2017 i was still a student uh, so in 2017 after i graduated i was appearing for i appeared for cat cmat snap cet anything you name it and i was going to go to one of the good b schools in india one of the best and that is when i was taking a education loan of 20 lakhs for the pgdm or whatever and my friends people who were in the so called dream positions from iims and everyone else told me that harsh you seem to be much much better in ladakh you seem to be much happier my parents told me that why don't you start something of your own so that is when i got full time into mountaineering and outdoors and i would train out there while working while chasing my passion and parallelly i decided okay i'll rather climb everest because mm-hmm. it is sort of a similar expense where, uh, although i would call it an investment which can be uh, a greater learning experience than mba because out there mm-hmm. i would learn a lot of life lessons as well as during fundraising uh i would learn more marketing than i would learn at b school and today i can proudly say that i learned a lot of marketing operations pr branding among other stuff you are doing a great job of it anyway so i did write a thousand emails 
Okay. Uh, and when I got into my journey, so I kept on procrastinating that, hey, I'm not ready yet. Sure. Okay, my pitch deck is not to its optimum or I don't have this credential yet or I don't have enough following already or whatever. But in 2019, finally, I launched my campaign called Sanghash Mission Mount Everest. And okay. the website was self-explanatory. It would say that Sangash is a Hindi or Sanskrit ancient word, which means conquest or struggle. And this is the story of Harsh's Sangash to reach from zero feet above sea level from a small town near Mumbai to the highest point on our 29,029 feet. Thank you so much for joining me one more time on the Absolutely Right podcast. Every time I look at... Uh, you know, a story, a conversation, a real-time connection with somebody, I know the transformation happens unknowingly. Something that stays with me and, you know, when you need that information, it just comes up. I'm sure all of us do that. Now, learning from other people who have the answers to your questions or people who have gone through the journeys that you struggle with or people who are experts in the areas where you are finding answers, it's the simplest thing we can do. The concept called picking brains you can literally think about five ten as many number of people as you would like to and ask them the questions that you have not everybody might be able to help you or give you the answers but if you're willing to do that uh, you will be able to figure your own formula to it and that can be done by reading a book listening to the podcast uh, by talking to people in person wherever the expert is you can go and talk to them in Sanskrit or Hindi, we have this simple concept called satsang, where they say in the sang, which is being in company of a person who is wiser, who is more knowledgeable than you, you pick up their their knowledge, you pick up on their wisdom, you actually start learning and growing just being around them. Now to implement that satsang as a concept or literally have people ask their questions by picking brains, we will be inviting our community members from the apt community and graphology community to join us live while recording the the episode from next episode onwards. So next Wednesday episode will have me talking to people but at the same time a part of it will be the audience talking to them. The apt community which is India's first mental and emotional gym designed for smart professionals is a space where we talk to people about all these concerns that they have and how to strive to become the best version of themselves it doesn't happen overnight you got to work towards it and this particular initiative that is that we are taking to have these people as audience and have them the exposure of talking to these phenomenal leaders is a way of creating a bridge where you can directly ask questions and you might find the answers in in a, in a way that you have never ever imagined and that's what keeps happening to me while talking to these amazing guests every single week i hope uh, you all enjoy and if you have some questions like that please write to me my email id is right w-r-i-t at aditisarana.com for some fun entertaining bollywood driven content around mental health if you would like to know more and have daily dose of some inspiration you can follow me on instagram my account is at Aditi Surana to know all the information required about the apt which is the mental and emotional gym or graphology masterclass or how I can become your coach you can visit my website aditisurana.com I'll see you on Wednesday with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing (laughs)